little bit more through this week, but I'm just so thankful for uh, everything that God has done and uh, for this wonderful church. So thankful for it. I, I am in a series, and I am going to uh, continue uh, ministering, and I hope to build some foundations in us at the first of this year uh, to help us to move forward. And uh, we're talking about things that are built to last. A lot of people uh, throw things up. <clears throat> we, uh, we hear the story of uh, the three pigs, you know, and some just want to throw it up. You know, do the hay, do the sticks. But some take time and build things to last. I remember when I was a, uh, when I was a kid, uh, me and Jeremy Gavani, uh, we were always doing something. And we built a fort. And uh, we were very proud of this fort. It was a two-story fort. Back up off me. Uh, now, the floors were only about this big, each one. We had to get on our belly to get in it. But it was a two-story. And uh, one day, uh, and what it was was these old bricks that uh, were left over from some project. And we had, we had come across, and so we have just kind of put them in. But we had, they were spaced. They were barely hanging on to each other in order for us to build this big building we have. We had to stretch it. Uh, and so, you know, and it was a four by eight because the, our floor was a, a sheet of plywood that we uh, found in my dad's shed. And, uh, but this, I remember one day, uh, Jeremy was not supposed to come over. He was not allowed over that day and uh, after school. And, uh, but I told him, are my kids in here? Oh, good. Uh, I told him, I said, just come on over, go to the fort. They won't even know you're there. No one's going to know about our secret lair. And so, uh, you know, he's there, and we're eating. Uh, after uh, school, we were eating together, and we're all sitting at the table, and all of a sudden we heard, and I just sat there. And they're like, what is that? What? You heard something? <laughs> Something's going on here? When, when you don't really build things to last, at some point, you're going to be found out. At some point, everything's going to fall apart. When, when you decide you're just going to throw it up, move to the next thing, it's going to, at some point, show up. And so we do not want to build things that are facades. We do not want to build things that we can talk about. And I've heard people, yo, people can talk about something, but the reality of it is totally different. I can talk about we built a two-story fort, but the reality of it was a little different. But you've got to make up in your mind, I'm going to build something. And if I'm going to take the time to build something, I'm going to build it so it will last. We need to build our marriages so they will last. We need to put things in our children that will stand the test of time. Our relationships, our businesses, our church, we need to build it, not a quick fix, but we need to build it that it will last. Can I hear an amen from an apostolic church that's built on a rock? So the difference between something built to last and something that is pulled down 
is two contrary lives. It is that of the wise, and it is that of the foolish. Proverbs 14 and 1, let me build this foundation before I move into the next part. Proverbs 14 and 1, a wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hand. Just pulling it down, pulling everything down. You have the contrast of the wise and the fool. Two opposing forces. This is a theme throughout the Word of God. You can find it from Genesis to Revelation. Jesus spoke of it in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, when he gave the story of a wise man that built his house upon a rock, and the winds came, and the storms blew, but it lasted. It stood up against the elements that would try to tear it down, but then it contrasts that to the foolish man and the foolish man built his house on the sand and when the storm came and the wind blew it began to beat on the house and it fell and the bible says great was the fall of it Jesus shows us the contrast between the wise and the fool. And we've got to make up in our mind, will we build things as a wise man or will we build it as a fool? That is all wrapped up in wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. Yea, if thou will criest after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding if you will seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures if you will get something inside of you that says i want wisdom you can't it's not just where i'm here and i'm just not a wise person i'm here and i have lived the life of a fool my family has lived this i know that sounds like a strong word but i'm using biblical terminology here my family has lived the life of a fool Uh, That's just who I am. No, you can seek wisdom. You can go after understanding. You can say, I want it. Because the Bible says that the Lord gives wisdom. And out of his mouth is knowledge and understanding. If you want it, you can go after it. You can obtain it. Today could be the day that you say, I am turning from the life of the fool to the life of the wise. It's just a little bit more work. It's a little bit more focus. It's a little bit more preparation. We will be basing this series on the seven pillars that I feel that the Lord has shown me out of Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn it out of seven pillars. Last week, we spoke on one of these pillars which was preparation we find there the next verse she hath killed her beast she hath mingled her wine she hath also furnished her table wisdom is preparation wisdom is looking down the road not waiting for life to happen to you but you begin to happen to life 
It's not just saying, well, whatever comes, whatever is the next thing, I'm just going to kind of go with it. But you make, you set your sail and you focus and you say, I'm forgetting what's behind me and I'm reaching forth to the things which are before as I press towards a mark. It is a life-setting direction. It's not just with the wind, but I'm going somewhere. The wind may get me off, but when I have the right direction, I'm going to come right back in because I know where I'm going. Wisdom prepares. And we spoke of that last week, and I will not re-preach that today. But the next pillar of wisdom we will get into today, the first pillar is preparation. The second is giving. And before I get started, let's take a moment and ask God to open our hearts. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I'm here with some wonderful people, people that are seeking you. They're here today because they know they need you. So, Lord, I pray that your spirit will come down in this place. Oh, God, take over this service. Take over, God, everything that happens in this service. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that every heart and every life will be ready, that every heart and every life will be reaching for the things of God. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you will stir, God, that you will help, God, that you will awaken something within us, uh, not to live the life of the fool, but to live the life of the wise. In the name of Jesus, let us put these pillars in our lives that will help us move forward. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Will you clap your hands to the Lord if you desire? And you know he hears and answers prayer. So we find in verse 2 that she prepared. She hath killed the beast. She's already done it. She's ready for it. She hath mingled her wine. She's already done it. She's prepared. She hath already furnished her table. She's already done these things. The first pillar is one of preparation in our lives. But the second is one of giving. Verse number 3, she hath sent forth her maids. She hath cried upon the high places of the city. Who is simple? Let him turn in hither. <laughs> those that don't have, those that are not able to provide for themselves, him that is in want of understanding, those that, that need a hand up, those that need a little bit of assistance. Verse 5, come, eat it, eat my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Wisdom prepares, but wisdom does not just prepare for yourself. Wisdom is prepared to give. To give beyond yourself. To give beyond what people expect. Jesus taught this principle once again, and you can find it throughout the Word of God. You find both Jesus and his apostles writing about this pillar of wisdom. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. He said, I, I've shown you all things, and, and how that labor you ought to support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus who it is more blessed to give 
than to receive. He taught a principle of giving. Now, whenever I talk about giving, let me go ahead and slay this giant real quick. When I talk about giving, everyone goes to money. He's about to ask for an offering. Oh, Lord. Everybody, all the men roll on their wallets a little bit tighter. Money is one of the most fleeting things that you can give. Although you should give, and we'll talk about it another time. That's not what I'm preaching about. I'm talking about you giving of yourself and whatever that means. Giving something that costs you something. Giving somebody something. Give. It is more blessed to give than to receive. The disciples heard it and not only heard it, but they heard it to the point that they were teaching it to others. He said, this is what our Lord taught. What he gave to me, I'm giving to you. <laughs> Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto thee. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For what, what measure ye meet, it shall be measured unto you again. He says, however you give is how you're going to receive. And so if you know you want some great things in this life, make sure you're a giver of great things in this life. Make sure you don't live life sucking. You ever walk by somebody? There are some people you walk by, and as you walk by them, you can almost hear it. And your life drains out of you. You're, like, you're walking just fine. You're just like, oh. <laughs> just give me, give me, give me. But he said, no, you've got Jesus began to preach principles. And, and, and beyond, uh, we, we understand the principles of the word of God, which is obviously what I'm going to focus on. But if you go outside of this, of, of this um, uh, the understanding of the kingdom of God. People in this world, they understand the power of giving. There is something about it. God has put it into the fabric of our world that whenever you give, there's something inside of a human being. It helps you rise to a different level whenever you give. Some people are so weighted down with what you have gotten, you can't get off the ground. They say volunteers are more healthy in our world. They've done tests. Volunteers, they, they have less stress. They have less this. They have less, just people that volunteer in hospitals, volunteer uh, at blood drives, that volunteer um, for, to help whatever the case is. Just people that volunteer are more healthy. It's just a good thing to do. And so giving is an important thing. But how we give is just as important as the fact that we give. I have also seen people give, and they're like this. Here, I just want to give you that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I just want to give that to you. I just want to be a blessing. <laughs> Thank you. You gave that back much better. That's because my sweat's on it. Just... It's such a pain to give. Oh, I'm a giver. It's like when people give me things, and that's the answer. I'm like, thank you so much. Here, I think you could have this back. That's my attitude. I mean, it's like, come on. 
the attitude in which we give. The Bible says this in Luke chapter 6, verse 34. Um, it talks about when you begin to lend and you hope to receive. He says, what thank ye? For sinners lend to sinners and receive much gain. If you give to somebody expecting to receive something back, Jesus is saying here, what do you think you're doing? You think that you're, 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 you're really being a Christian by giving something when you know you're going to get something back? He's, then he, he puts it at this light. Don't sinners do the same thing? You're not showing your Christianity when you give, expecting something. Boy, I really blessed somebody. I gave them something, and I, just, I gave them a good rate. Well, that's good. And I'm not saying there's something wrong with it. There's business. You've got to do business. That's the world we're living in. But don't take that as you're such a great giver. You're at the same level at that point as sinners. Now, sinners make money, and Christians make money. Please, don't make money. The Bible says, occupy until I come. And you ain't going to occupy very long if you don't pay the bills. Well, praise the Lord. Just a little pastoring going on here today, aren't we? Hallelujah. He said, but you've you got to give, but you don't give expecting something back. That's not the attitude of the giver. Now, that's an attitude of a good businessman, a good businesswoman. Be that. But that's not the giver. The giver gives expecting nothing in return. The next, very, next verse, verse 35, he said, love your enemies. Do good to them. And you're not hoping, any, hoping for anything to come back to you. There's no reward. Everyone is giving this. Everyone is giving that. But they're looking for what they're going to get at the end of it. And when you look at verse 36, the end of all this, he goes into mercy. Let me tell you something. How you handle this carnal life is a reflection of the Spirit. The Bible says, how can I entrust in you heavenly things if you don't treat the earthly things the way you need to. God relates these things, and he ends this whole thing with mercy, and he's saying it's how you live your life of giving to others and people that are in need and things that are around you that you can lift people up if you would just help them. I'm talking about wisdom, how we give. One of my favorite stories is... Um, I, I, I know I've told it here before because it's one of my favorite stories. Uh, Christian's nephew, his sister, she has a couple children, and, uh, and one of her younger sons was trying to offer a fry to his brother. And, and he's saying, Hill, Hill Austin. Want a fry, Austin? And she thought it was great. He is sharing. I've been trying to get them to share. Hill, you want to you wanna fry Austin? Austin, you want to fry Austin? Austin? And, and Austin's ignoring him. And finally, she was just saying, oh, that's so sweet. And she took it out of his hand and ate it. And he just started crying. And she's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he said, I wanted Austin to have the nasty one. <laughs> it had fallen on the floor. And she was offering it up. He was... <laughs> I 
all you give means something. People give things, but not only that we give, but we give good and we give beyond. Again, this is a principle that Jesus taught in Matthew 5 and 40 when he talks about if any man um, would sue thee at the law to take thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. If he's asking for the outer, give him the inner cloak as well. He said, go the extra mile. He said, whoever it is that will compel you to go one mile, go with him twain. Go the second mile. God does not teach just be a giver. But he said, be a giver that goes the extra mile. You want to talk about building a life of strength. You want to talk about building a life that is there to last. Go the extra mile. I promise you, there is no crowd on the extra mile. All the traffic has gotten off of the road, the exit before. But if you'll learn to go the extra mile, you're going to find yourself moving easier. You're able to drive with a little bit more freedom. If you learn to go the extra mile giving beyond Jesus taught us heal the sick he said in Matthew 10 and 8 cleanse the leper raise the dead cast out those devils but then he says this freely you have received freely give don't give with strings attached give don't give expecting to receive something in return, but give. Give in ways that no one else can even comprehend. Give in ways that the sinner looks at you and says, that's crazy. Give in ways that you even look at it sometimes and say, what am I doing? Give of yourself. Make a difference in the lives around you. Make a difference. Be a giver. What are you talking about? I'm talking about wisdom that will build things to last because those that are givers are still around today. I'll explain that in a moment. Huh. Give in every way you can. Give. It shall be given. That's just the way it works. Give and it shall be given. It's the people that give are the people that have to give. Now, you, you think, well, that's obvious. You, you have it and you give it. No, but that's not what I'm talking about. It's people that have to give that seem to keep getting so they can keep giving. Brother Charles Robinette, I, I just saw a, a tweet of his... Um, Last week, I think it was, and he was, he had a, a, a picture. He's a missionary. He's out serving. He's over in, in uh, Austria, Germany. But he took a picture of, of all the missionaries they are supporting. He's one of the most successful missionaries we've ever had in that region, for sure. One of the most successful missionaries for the time allotted that we've had at all. He is building a church over in Germany and Austria where it is tough as nails to build a church. And he's building an apostolic church over there. And God is doing great things over there. But let me tell you, you say, well, he's a missionary. He's just getting it. No, he's not. That church is blessed over there because he is putting the principles in them that, that are giving. I have been other places. Now, we have wonderful missionaries, wonderful people. But I 
have been some places that they have gotten a mentality of a taker. I'm going to talk about that in a minute too. But they take it and they never seem to have anything. They never seem to be able to get over, although people are giving them things all the time. They live in this constant state of taking, 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 taking. And when you go there, they don't have anything new. Matter of fact, the little things that they do get new, somehow it seems to be taken away from them. There's something about, though, when people say, yes, God has blessed me and have given to me, but I'm not going to eat up the seed. I'm going to plant all the seed. I'm going to take some seed and put it out there so I can make a difference in this world. And it's those people that last. Some people. Some people never get the concept. Never get the concept that you have to give in order to receive. It's a principle. It just works. Sowing and reaping works. It works in everything in life. Now, I I said earlier, money is not the, the final thing, but money seems to be an easy way to count. As a, as whatever the credit card was, uh, he said, you know, there's some things the money can't buy for everything else. There's whatever it is. I don't know. What is it? Mastercard. Okay, whatever. Something. But there's some things that, that people, who, who has a dollar? Real quick. This is, this, is, this is one of my Sunday school lessons when I was a kid. Everyone has credit cards. Dollar? Awesome. Keep the change. Thank you so much. You're a big man. Who has a who has a uh, uh, a fifty? Oh, a lot of people. Hey, hey, hey. Who has it? Who has it? Clint, come on, man. You got you got so much money. It's pathetic. My look, look at all this stuff. Oh, a hundred. Come on now. Come on now. All right, here you go. Just give it to me. I appreciate it. Just go ahead. Just just give it to me. There you go. I appreciate it. No, just just give it to me. See, as long as I'm holding on of what I have, I can't get anything else in there. People live their life thinking, I've got to just stay right there. I've got to get this. This is mine. Let me see that. Let me see that. All right. If I do it this way, which one of these did y'all give me? Did y'all give me both of these? Or is this different? You did. Thank you. I appreciate you giving me both of these. No, I'm just joking. As long as long is I'm holding on to the last thing God gave me with such a death grip. I can't get it. But if I will learn that I'm going to give a little bit more, all of a sudden I give and I receive. Now I find you already gave me 100. I can't go to the 100. But I, anyway, I got 1,000 in the building. Uh, you, know, you keep going. It keeps running. What is it that happens? As long as I'm holding on to the last thing I have, I can't get anything else. But if I will learn to open up. Now you got $101. God bless you. As long as I hold on to it. I can't get it. So get out of the mentality. It's mine. It's mine. I got to have this. No. Let me give. Why? Because when I give, I can receive. When I go beyond myself, there's opportunity for me to get something else from God. Be a giver. There's such wisdom and giving. Give. I don't have money to give. Give what you can. Give your time. Give your friendship. Give your shoulder to cry on. Give some money. Give up a helping hand to somebody. Find a way and give. Give. You will find yourself soaring into the heavens when you learn to give. You may be seated. The wise gives and the fool gives. 
takes. You have two people with their hands out, but one is trying to give, the other one is trying to take. Receive when people want to give you something. I think it's rude to not, when someone offers you something, not to receive it. I think it's a rude thing. I think it's okay to go, you know, I don't need it. But when someone is offering something and you reject it, I, I think it's a, it's, it's a terrible thing to do. I receive it. There are place, lots of places I go and preach and they want to give me an offering for being there. But I know they need it. But I receive it. But then I'll find a way to put it back in their offering or I'll find a way to get it back to them. But I don't want to because they, they, they deserve the blessing. They deserve the blessing, the opportunity. What I do with it is up to me. But let me tell you something. If I will take the, the seed again and will sow it, now all of a sudden there's a blessing that is beginning to circulate all of a sudden now I'm giving and you're giving and you're giving and you're giving. Before long it comes back to me and now I've got more and I'm giving and it's going back around because every time we give, we receive. The wise gives, the fool takes. <laughs> in a marriage, the difference in philosophy between a foolish marriage and a wise marriage many times comes down to taking and giving. A foolish marriage is two people seeing what they can get out of their marriage. A wise marriage is two people seeing what they could put into their marriage. A marriage that is built to last has people that's not always wondering whether or not they've got their fair share. But it's two people saying, what can I contribute to this? How can I help? How can I make a difference? How can I lift the burden? How can I strengthen in somehow, some way? The difference between a solid marriage and a marriage on the rocks many times is simply the difference between giving and taking. It is two mentalities. They just don't give me the love I deserve. They don't just give me the time I deserve. They don't give me, give me, give me. They don't give me, give me, give me. That's what I hear when I talk. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. My question is, is what are you giving? What are you putting in? Someone has to break the cycle. Someone has to say, I'm going to contribute. Take, 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 take. You see it in the church. Can I pastor today for just a few moments? Hello, Souls Harbor. We shake hands. There's some people been coming here a while. You're not a guest anymore. And you sit there, and if no one's coming to you, well, you just don't shake no one's hand. You know what that is? Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. There's other people that's their first, second, and third time here. You've been here two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, a month. 
When are you going to start giving, 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 giving? See, I'm not talking about money, and it still got quiet in this place. You know, because you find out it's really not about money. It's about the attitude of giving. Because it is the opposite of everything that God is. Everything that God is is opposed to the taking. He is all about the giving. God is the giver of life. He is the giver of everything that is good. Every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of life. Everything that's worth anything, God gave it to us. I don't have anything without God and His mercy giving it to me freely. I have received so freely I must give. God gives gifts to men. Look at how God gives gifts. Look at this. This blows my mind. God does not give with strings attached. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. When God gives somebody something, that's why you have to be careful that you follow the Word of God and God Himself and not a personality. You don't follow, pa follow Pastor Jason. You follow the Word of God. Because let me tell you, I'm being as open as I can. God has gifted me. And what He has gifted me with, He's not going to take it from me. I have seen people that God has gifted with certain things. And they are no longer, I know, they're not doing the things that they need to do. But the gift that they receive from God, they're still operating in it. Saul, the first king of Israel, blew past the authority in his life. Blew past all these things. And because of this, God rejected him. But Saul, when he became, was anointed king, he also became a prophet where people began to say, is Saul also one of the prophets? But later, after he has rejected the things of God and God has rejected him, you find him showing up with the spirit of prophecy and he still has the gift. He starts prophesying, speaking things. When God gives things, he doesn't take them back. Even Lucifer, he can still appear as an angel of light. You can't follow after every little thing that happens. You've got to get in this book and let this guide your life. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying today. It's not me that you follow. It's the Word of God. The Spirit of God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands right now. Let the Holy Ghost speak to you. Talk to the Lord right now. Oh, if you have the Holy Ghost, flow in it. Flow in it. Holy Ghost.
Jesus' name. Jesus' name. God is the spirit of a giver. Man, by nature, is the spirit of a taker. In every relationship, there is give and take. As I said before, you should not reject things when people try to give them to you. It's okay to, you know, to, to offer that. You don't have to. And if they can't do it and they go, okay, that's fine, that's fine. But I think if they offered it, I think you should give it. I just think it's the proper thing to do. In every relationship, there has to be give and take. You have to be willing to take. But the key is, is that you give more than you take. The key is, is that you give more than you take. This is God. This is what he does. Is there, is there things that he receives? Yes, I'll talk about it more as we move on. But he gives more than he takes. You go to the beginning. You can have every tree of the garden except one. God always gives more than he takes. God says, take the 90%, just give me the 10 Anything on top of that, there's blessings attached to it. But he's saying just, I, I, I'm going to give you more than I'm taking. <laughs> but sin enters into the world when we decide to take the few things that God provides, holds back for himself. Sin came from a mentality of taking what is not theirs. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. From the beginning, the principle of giving with excellence is something that is at the heartbeat of God. You find where Cain and Abel both brought a sacrifice. One, Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. You, the, the word just simply says a fruit of the ground, a gift unto the Lord. Just, just the fruit, just whatever it was. But Abel... Notice the particular manner in which he gives. He gives of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. He says, I'm going to give with excellence. God accepted Abel's sacrifice. He does not accept Cain's sacrifice. And because of this, Cain gets upset. And God comes and talks to him and says, Cain, why are you wroth? And why has your countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Otherwise, I'll give you another chance to give with excellence. But instead, he gets bitter. He don't accept what I gave him because he knew he could give more. So you go through Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, the faith chapter. Do you know the people we find in there? We find Gideon mentioned that went against the armies. Of course, Moses is talked about that brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Uh, uh, Abraham, that is the father of the faithful. You have all of these men that did great things. Uh, but in the midst of it, you have Abel. What did Abel do? The only thing we know that Abel did is by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. The only thing we know that he did is he gave with excellence. And the people that give with excellence, you outlast yourself. 
the people that become great millionaires and billionaires and hoard it themselves. You don't know their names. But the people that become something and then began to build orphanages and build hospitals, you know their names because they gave with excellence. The Bible says that Abel offered up a more excellent sacrifice than Cain and obtained a witness of righteousness, God testifying of his gifts. I don't think that was the first sacrifice he ever made. I think he made lots of sacrifices like that. And he being dead yet speaketh. If you want your life to speak after you're gone from this world, be an excellent giver. If you want to outlive yourself and your life to speak of you, learn to give in this world. Don't be a taker. Don't be a taker. Be a giver. Everything about a taker leads you to the problem. Satan himself. John 10 and 10, but the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, destroy, take, take, take. The devil tries to suck the life out of you. There are people here today, and you feel like you've been drained by everything that's coming against you. You just feel sucked out. Because that's what the enemy of our soul does. He just sucks everything he can. When you look at God, everything about him is give, give, give. When you look at the devil, everything about him is take, take, take. And it's the life that takes and doesn't give. A classic illustration I heard over and over and over and over again growing up was the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is dead because it takes in water but it doesn't give it out. And there are people that you have, it's not because you haven't had anyone in your life that will give. You have had things come in your life, but you haven't let an outlet come where it goes out. And because of that, you live a dead life. Sin, death, destruction, kill, steal, destroy. You say, well, you know, I don't, give much because I don't have much. That's a misnomer. It's a misunderstanding. It's, a, it's not understanding the principles of God. See, God knows every hair on your head. He knows your bank account. He knows your time schedule. He knows everything about you. He knows how much time you spend in front of the computer. Praise the Lord, everybody. He knows how much time. Well, I don't have time. He knows how much time. See, he knows these things. And he does not judge you based on somebody else. That's what we do. And he says that's not good. He says don't judge yourselves among yourselves. Don't do that. It's not wise. But Jesus looks at a woman in Luke 21 and 1. And he looked up and he saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a certain poor widow casting thither two mites. And he said, of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast more than ye all. He said, you've been given of your abundance, but it didn't affect you. It didn't 
touch anything that you really had. It didn't touch your time. It didn't touch your love that you have to give. It didn't touch your pocketbook. It didn't touch you. Well, I don't have that much to give. You will be amazed how God blesses the two mites. Give what you have. My dad always told the story, and I think Grandpa told it before him, of the two farmers that were sitting on the front porch, and they're sitting there, and they're, they're talking, and, and this one looks over at his buddy and says, Hey, buddy, he said, uh, if, if you had two houses, would you give me one? And the guy, they're rocking. Man, how long have we known each other? You know if I had two houses, I'd give you one. He said, Yeah. He said, if you, had, if you had two tractors, would you give me one? He said, man, we grew up together. You know if I had two tractors, I'd give you one. Yeah, yeah. He said, listen, if you had two mules, he said, wait a minute, now you know I got two mules. <laughs> We're always willing to give what we don't have. Oh, I'm going to go to Africa. Oh, I'm going to do. How about walking across the street and helping somebody out? How about making a difference where you can? How about saying, well, I don't have what it is to help everything I can, but I can spend a little bit of time in a young man's life. I can help that young man start his business. I can do something to help her get ahead. I can do something to help that marriage. I don't have everything, but I've got something. I'm going to give what I can. Give, give, give. God cries out. Give! Not only to those around, but give to me. He says, I want all of your heart, all of your soul, your mind, your strength. But then he says, wait. I'll go first. And we know it well. For God so loved the world that he gave he's saying listen i want all of you but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get all of you until i give you all of me (laughs) and so not a part of god it's so important because what god does is he gives all it's so important we understand this it wasn't a part of god it wasn't just a a piece of god uh, but the bible says the fullness of god uh, dwelt in the man christ jesus Uh, when jesus came down uh, and sacrificed himself uh, it was the fullness uh, of god that gave it wasn't just a part of him uh, it was everything that he represented uh, that was on the cross uh, the one true and living god uh, god himself paid the ransom the bible says uh, he purchased the church uh, with his own blood it was his own blood that he shed and so yes he says here today come to me give me your life but he says wait I'll go first then God becomes a taker he becomes a taker he says give me your sin. I'll take it. Give me your failures. I'll take it. Give me your disappointments. 
Give me your bad decisions. Give me your hurt. God becomes a taker when he looks at you and says, cast all of your cares upon me because I care for you. God is here saying you should live a life of a giver and I'm going to take, what I'm going to take is all the mess in your life. And where the thief cometh to steal, to kill, and to destroy, I have come that you might have life. What kind, of, what kind of man he is? He's a second mile. Not just life, but life more abundantly. God never asks us to do anything he's not willing to do. And you're here today, and you've got so much mess that's weighing down on you. And the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And you're still just trying to keep your head above the waters. And it's causing you to live in a state of give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. But all of a sudden, you need to say, wait. I need something bigger than me right now I need God in my life and what God is asking is for you to give your life to him don't ask for his blessing if you're not willing to give him your life don't ask for the miraculous don't be that kind of a person that just takes, takes, takes. Give him your life. He's here today. And he's saying, cast all of your cares. Give me the big and the small. Give me the things that everybody wants and the things that nobody wants. I want all of it. Because I'm here to take your pain and to give you joy. I'm here to take the things that you can't control anymore. Let me tell you, the Holy Ghost is here right now. There is a wisdom in learning to give. And you've got to give things everywhere you go. But today you need to give your heart to God. I'm telling you, it is the best gift that you could ever give. And when you give that, God's got a gift for you. It's his spirit. It's called the gift of the Holy Ghost. But he's waiting for you to say, here it is. Repentance is giving yourself to God, saying, I don't want this life anymore. Here's all my junk. And God says, thank you for the junk. Now let me give you joy in its place. Stand with me. Jesus' name. No one moving around. Just, just focus for a moment. In the name of Jesus. Are you willing to give what you don't have today? I know that people think in their mind, well, I've got to work some things out. See, once I get this situation resolved, and once I take care of this problem over here, then I'm going to give my life to God. I'm sure you would give me your other house if you had to. I'm sure you'd give me your other tractor if you had to. How about just giving me what you got, God says. Well, it's, it's frazzled, and it's all messed up, and it's broken. It ain't much. It's just some mites. It's just everybody else is looking. I, I don't even want to. I don't even want people to see what I'm giving. 
And God says, wow. You see that brokenness that came to me? There was another person over here, and they, they were praying. I'm so happy they were here, but they didn't give as much as this one because she came to me out of want. I don't have much, God. I don't even feel worthy to be here. But God, I need you. I know I need you. So what I'm giving you don't seem like much. Church, you've heard me say it time and time again. You don't get good and get God. You get God, then you get good. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to have all the pieces in play. But you've got to get an idea and a thought in your mind. If I just bring the mites, if I just give him what I have, God can take it and do things that's beyond your imagination. Mom and dad were, you hear their, their stories. They were both raised poor, sufficient, taken care of but not wealthy, but they just gave what they had. And the more they gave to the community, the more they gave to people that were hurting, the more the blessings of the Lord began to flow in their life. They didn't start with able to solve every problem. They didn't have the answer. But it just seemed like every time they threw their mites in, it became exactly what was needed situation today you need to bring what you have you need to give it to God I don't know what the situations are in your life but if you will begin to live a life of giving giving to God giving to those around you giving to your husband and your wife stop the mindset of a taker and become a giver God has a bigger spoon than you and whatever it is you give him, when it comes back, <laughs> it begins to flow out of you. It can't be contained. Lift your hands right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I know that I am preparing some hearts for things that are coming down the road. I know that I am trying to help people get a hold of some things in their lives. God, there are people here, they've been in a downward spiral. A lot of people around them don't even know it, but they know it. They know they have reached a point in their life where they're just taking and they're not giving, and it makes them feel bad about themselves. But today, all the junk we're going to bring to you, and we're going to take what you give us here at this altar, and we're going to begin to give it everywhere we go. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for every sinner that is here, that they will have the boldness to come down to this altar and give their life to you. God, I pray against everything that would hinder or stop that. God, give them that faith. I pray for every saint of God, for them to have the faith to renew that relationship with you, to be, examine their lives and see their lives for what it is. And if they're a giver, let them become a greater giver. Let them step beyond themselves and make a difference in this world. God, help us. Help us, God, to live by your word. Let us give, expecting nothing in return. In the name of Jesus, we pray. 
in the name of Jesus right now, will you come ask the person beside you, will you come and pray with me? And why don't you come and fill this altar? Come as close as you can. Come down the aisles. There's going to be people behind you. Find a place to pray. I will give you all. Come on, that's it. Give it to God today. I will give you all. Give it to God today. All is what you have. Say, I don't need anything. Awesome. Come pray with somebody else that needs something. <laughs> Pour your life into somebody else. Oh, in the name of Jesus, that's it. Just talk to the Lord. Help me If you're here for the first time, if you're just coming back to God, you don't know what to do, you give him your life. You cast your cares on him. You do that by repenting. God, forgive me. Begin to talk to him. God, I'm sorry for the life that I live. I'm sorry for the mess that I've made. God, I have done things I know is not right. Forgive me, God. God, I need a fresh start in my life. In the name of Jesus, that's it. Ministers, let the Holy Ghost begin to lead you. Altar workers, let the Holy Ghost begin to lead you. That's it. All over this place, begin to talk to God together. God, I need you, Lord. God, here I am. I don't understand everything, but one thing I know is that I need you. So, Lord, here I am. I want something in my life that I can help others. God, I want something that I can help my husband, my wife, my children. God, let me be a giver. Lord, and let us start with giving sin. I know that don't sound right, but that's what you asked for. You said, give me all the mess. And so here's the mess, God. Here are the problems. Here are the things I don't know how to handle. God, help me. Help me, God. Help me remember Come on, there's some mentalities that's beginning to change. I'm not going to be a taker. I'm not going to be someone that just takes everything. But I'm getting something from God, and I'm going to give it everywhere I go. 